0: listening To Hippie Chick Chat, a show podcast where we chat about everything from mental health and self development to daily life, pop culture, and sometimes a little of nothing. I'm your host, Kristen, and if there's something you'd like to chat about, you can find me on Instagram at Hippie Kristen. Call in, leave a voicemail, or email the podcast at hippie at gmail.com. This week, I'm chatting with certified clinical aromatherapist Leah Jacobson about essential oils and how to use them safely. Whether you use them, you could be around someone that does, or just here for the chit chat, I hope you enjoy. So, yeah, let's chat. Crazy with that. Just to end your life I thought you I really. Hi, hippie friends, and welcome to another episode of Hippie Chick Chats. Or if you're new here, hi, I'm so thankful you're here. This week is going pretty well. I'm excited for the Lunar New Year this weekend. I'm still in my vibe of putting myself out there and trying not to stand in my own way, and I'm really seeing some great things happen, and I'm just so proud of myself. I posted on threads something like, How many times can I say that I'm proud of myself this year In just like excitement and I don't say that in a braggy way at all certainly everything isn't perfect but like I've told you before even just being able to say that I'm proud of myself is something to be proud of so I'll take it. Um, I did have like a little bummy moment this week. There was something that I was really excited about and wanted to apply for, but I had to send in a self-tape, like record myself talking to the camera, and that is not my favorite thing, hence the Audio Only podcast, but I have been practicing this year and doing it more often, like slowly putting myself on stories on Instagram or in my reels, Um, but anyway, I was just, I was going to do it, but just didn't make time for it in time and now applications are closed. And, um, I was really sad because I was like, okay, today's the day I have time. I'm going to do this. And then I opened it up and it said closed. So a lot of people were super kind and told me like, I won't miss anything that's meant for me. And while I mostly believe that, like, I know it's true it is kind of hard in those situations because I just want to be logical and be like, well, no, it was my fault for not getting that done done in time, you know? Um, so I let myself be sad and a little mad at myself for a little bit, but then I just got up, just told myself like, okay, that's enough. There's nothing I can change about it at this time, you know? And I'll just keep going and know that next time that an opportunity comes up like that, like I just need to get it done then and not put it off because that's like essentially I was standing in my own way, which I'm trying not to do. Um, So yeah, but today I am chatting with Leah Jacobson. She is a certified clinical aromatherapist that is here to guide us on the safe and mindful use of essential oils. And I was introduced to Leah seven plus years ago and the reason she is my trusted go-to for anything essential oils is because she's not affiliated with any brands. She's not working for any MLMs or oil companies, so all her information is brand free, and she just teaches the facts so that anyone that uses um, essential oils can at least do so safely. She's got a ton of free information on her website, and there's definitely something important for everyone in this episode because even if you don't use them yourself you probably know someone that does or maybe you're buying a product and you don't realize that it has it and you know you shouldn't be using it um but this episode is not to scare you out of using essential oils it's not to push you into using them these are just facts from a professional so that everyone can be mindful just like with whatever we do in life um So, yeah, let's just get into that call. Hello? Hi, Leah. Thank you so much for calling today. Um, you have been on my mind as someone that I've wanted to chat with since I created Hippie Tick Chats. And as with the theme of the podcast, mindfulness and stuff like that, I'd like to ask what's something you've done or will be doing today to be kind to your mind?
1: Definitely making sure my schedule is not packed full and I have time for some movement. Yeah. time for some really some downtime, reading. Is good, movement is good. I know that doesn't sound very restful, but I think they go hand because the endorphins that are created with movement is very beneficial. So, those are a couple of things that I like to keep in my day on a daily basis.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. It's so important and, and just can make such a big difference even in those like little things like taking time to read. Um, so I like to remind my, my audience of that. I told the audience a little bit about you before um, you called, but please introduce yourself. Sure. So my journey got started
1: about just over 11 years ago. And At the time, I had a couple of young children, and I was all into baking bread and homeschooling and all of the crunchy stuff, and somebody approached me that was very much into essential oils. They sold essential oils, and they were like, hey, you should get into essential oils too, and I'm like, you know, I really don't have enough time. Like, I'm doing sauerkraut experiments. I'm doing you know, baking and recipes and like all of this other stuff. And I feel like essential oils might take up too much of my time and pull me away of my, you know, what my current direction was. Mm -hmm. And she was very persistent, which ended up being a good thing. And my fear came true. Essential oils totally consumed me. Mm -hmm. So I got really sucked in. I ended up doing a lot of research online which led me to be kind of confused because my first question as a new person exposed to essential oils was what is the best brand? I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure that I wanted to jump in and sign up for her brand just because she asked. I'm like, you know what, let me see like really what the best brand really is. And according to Google, when I was looking up all of their websites and I'm like, I'm gonna be smart, I have a certain amount of questions that I'm gonna ask, like where do they get their essential oils, how were they grown, all of these questions. But the conclusion that I kept coming to is according to their own websites, they were all the best. And so that left me after a ton of time, left me pretty much nowhere, I was super confused, I didn't have an answer to my question. And somehow I stumbled across an institute, a Rome Institute, where they actually taught about essential oils and that got me super curious. So I realized I really need to learn about essential oils, like really separately from what any company is, sharing or teaching or or has for information. And so at that point, I decided to get certified. And then my questions became answered. And I actually ended up with different questions. Instead of what brand is best, it was all about what essential oils are safe for me to use. I have two young children, what are going to be safe for me to use with these children. So it kind of escalated from there just somebody approaching me like, Hey, do you know about essential oils? And I'm like, no, not really. And then finally just got super curious and did some investigating. So that's really how I got started. I accidentally got certified just because I was curious and it just, the rest is history. Basically.
0: You have been helping and educating people for a long time. And I started tuning into like your podcast, like five years ago, I think now. Okay. Yep. um and and how i was introduced to you and what like helped me the most was somehow coming across your Facebook page, which is called Using Essential Oil Safely. Um, But that was when I was pregnant seven, eight years ago. And I have no idea how I came across it, but I'm so thankful I did. I don't know if it was just something, you know, sometimes groups will pop up of the things that you're interested in, Um, but it might've been something I was searching for. I really don't remember. Um, But it may sound silly, but I really consider you like an important part of my early motherhood days (laughs) because- Uh I reached out to you like a couple of times in a panic after going like to someone's house that was diffusing oils and ended up, you know, being dangerous to babies or realizing a product that was marketed for kids was actually unsafe. Um, so thank you so much for those random and late night messages. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. And ag- again, just for being here, I was, I was really excited to be able to talk to you. But before we get into everything, I asked guests their hip and dip of the week. Um, did you have a recent dip, like something not so great that happened or maybe a recipe or a project that didn't go well?
1: Ooh, good question. Um, I think at this point, my recipe suggestions and and different essential oil advice, like I'm pretty seasoned in it. So for myself and my own experience, I would say not really. That's okay. Um, That's good. <laughs> but I have had people just like pretty much every week, really approach me and just like you kind of in a panic and like, help, I just discovered it. Like I went to this party last night and they were serving cupcakes and there was orange essential oil in the frosting. How worried should I be? So yeah, yeah, I get a lot of that. A lot of that.
0: Yeah. Um, So what's hip any new shows or new products that you're into? Ooh, good question. Um, well, I've recently started
1: re you know, using my salt lamp again. Oh, yeah, I discovered several years ago. And I've been using it putting a few drops of essential oil on it when it's on and it's kind of warm, and using that as a sort of passive diffuser. So it's not brand new to me. But it's one of those things that I just hadn't been using
0: for a while. And I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna start doing that again. Oh, I love that. My birthday is coming up. And that is one of the things that I'm wanting to get a a salt lamp. So that's good to know that you could kind of um, incorporate essential oils into that. So I'll have to look into that with you. Anyway, thank you for sharing that. to kick things off, let's just share what essential oils are for anyone that may be new to the aromatherapy or like, what's the differences between essential oils and other oils?
1: Sure. um, That's a really great question. So like a lot of us, when we're new to essential oils, we hear oil and we're thinking things like olive oil and coconut oil, and we don't realize they need to be diluted. But essential oils are actually super concentrated and even though you don't know by looking at the bottle you need to dilute it because it's super concentrated due to the steam distillation process. There are other methods of extraction as well but steam distillation is the most common one and that really breaks down the molecules very small and that's collected as an essential oil so they are super concentrated when they're bottled and how they're different from other things like carrier oils which are super fatty You don't need to dilute olive oil before putting that on your skin. Um, That's actually a really good thing to dilute the essential oils with. But carrier oils like olive oil, jojoba oil, almond oil, those are fatty. Those are meant to be used as is. Herbal oils are really infused oils. Like you might put some, you know, basil in your olive oil and kind of infuse that and use it in cooking. You know, that would be considered an herbal oil that really doesn't have essential oils in it. There may be a little bit of aromatic value to that, like about less than 1%, but that is very different than, herbal, um, than essential oils. And then we have food flavorings or food extracts, which, unfortunately, due to a lot of the information these days, people can get confused and think essential oils are food flavorings when they're actually made very differently. So food flavorings or food extracts are made by infusing plant matter in a base of alcohol. So they're not as concentrated as essential oils, and they're actually intended to be used in your food. And then, of course, there's fragrance oils that are in, you know, things like perfumes and dryer sheets and things like that. And so some people get confused between all of those different things um, as some people use them or think they can use them interchangeably. But they are very different. Essential oils are very highly concentrated and meant to be diluted.
0: Why do you think there is that confusion? Is it just that they're not looking into it enough and and realizing what the differences are? Um, To have that confusion of, like you said, if someone's making cupcakes or something and and uses an oil instead of an extract? Well,
1: there's a few different reasons. Number one, like if you are yourself alone going into a store and purchasing essential oils or even going online, there's not that information. Like just looking at the bottle, there's a huge lack of information and education Mm -hmm. on that bottle. I realize you can't fit an entire book on an essential oil bottle. I get Mm -hmm. that. Um, But there should be more information on the bottle than there is. So there is just simple, like, we just don't know. Like, I've been there. The first essential oil I used was tea tree essential oil. You just go and you buy it and you use it. You don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we have people that sell essential oils or, you know, businesses online or friends that have parties or whatever, and they don't know either. So there's a lot of lack of true education when it comes to how to properly use these where you are being safe. And there's a lot of people pushing for adding them to your water, adding them to your recipes. And yeah, that's where the confusion is, is people are just recirculating, regurgitating this information that really comes from the marketing departments of essential oil companies. And it's just being widespread. And there's just not a lot of people going, but is this okay to do until you end up with a potential you know adverse reaction you're drinking your peppermint in your water your lemon and your throat's irritated and you're not sure Mm -hmm. why and then that's how a lot of people find my facebook group or my website Is they have an issue and they're curious and they search about it and find out, oh, I really shouldn't have done that.
0: I didn't think that was probably okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's just a lot of lack of education. Yeah, I find that to be one of the most frustrating things besides companies claiming things that aren't true or recommendations that aren't safe. Um, But also when they do have these products that are using essential oils but don't disclose it or it's like worded in a weird way that we're not sure. Um, I know that that one of the things that I had come to you with, it was a brand that I love yum earth and they have organic vegan candies with like no artificial dyes, like all the stuff I look for, Mm -hmm. but they come up with these candy canes that I was excited to like find without, um, artificial dyes but Mm -hmm. I wanted to be sure about the peppermint um, since I spent all these years like knowing to avoid it with kids Um, so I was like well let me double check with that and I checked with you and you said to um, like message them directly to see what they use because it was just listed as peppermint and not what the form was and so um, I checked with them and of course they tell me that they use peppermint oil and not extract and Mm -hmm. not only was that disappointing pointing but i'm just like why are people using oils in candies and food products so i guess you mentioned just like lack of education and all this stuff but let's just jump in there to the yeah. big stuff are essential oils safe to ingest and why not because we know we know that it's not <laughs>
1: So generally speaking, 99%
0: of us will never
1: need to ingest essential oils. Okay. Essential oils, like there is a place in extreme cases okay. for ingesting certain essential oils in a certain way, but it's never going to be therapeutically advised to add essential oils to your water. It's okay. never going to be recommended to you know, help with a health issue by adding peppermint essential oil instead of extract to your brownies or whatever so you know there there is a time and a place but most of us will never need to go there there's a lot of things we can do I'll give an example of my friend she's a popular blogger friend and she came to me with advice for her husband actually a few years ago and he had severe anxiety now they had tried inhaling um lavender essential oil they and they tried other natural methods, but he still had severe anxiety. Now, lavender is one of the essential oils that if you have severe anxiety, if you've tried other things, it can potentially be helpful to consume. But mm-hmm. the key is adding a drop or two, to carrier oil, adding it to a capsule and consuming it in that way can be helpful in those cases rather than being on a medication that has really severe side effects. So that's actually been something that there's been a lot of research for, Um, but I wouldn't recommend doing that for any essential oil or for any reason. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one example of something that could work if you get to Mm -hmm. that. Um, A lot of people are helped just inhaling lavender essential oil, but... The question really was, why is it not safe? So that is a rare exception to the rule. I just want people to realize I'm not like never ingest, -ingest. anti-ingest. In most cases, yeah, most of us really don't need to do that. In your water, no. Um, But I think where some of the confusion is, is that the FDA does have a grass, a generally recognized as safe list where essential oils are actually used as food flavorings, but in parts per million so commercial companies that sell lemon candies can use lemon essential oil in parts per million mm-hmm. it's very different than what we are exposed to like add lemon essential oil to your water at several drops several times a day we're talking mm-hmm. parts per million so in micro doses mixed with fats and other things it can be okay, but that's where people are confused As they'll look it up and they'll be like, well, this is on the list and the FDA says it's safe. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of sometimes what they use as a backup, but that doesn't mean it's okay because there are essential oils listed on that list like fennel, like anise that are actually potentially carcinogenic that should not be ingested. So that's not a very reliable source. Um, some adverse reactions that can happen when you use essential oils internally, they can happen right away. So the most common way that I see essential oils recommended for ingestion is really adding it to your water. Yes, add it to your smoothies and everything else is recommended, but I would say the most common one is adding it to your water. And that is something where you can get redness irritation or burns in your mouth throat esophagus right away. I have people in my Facebook group saying yeah I can't believe like I don't know how people can do that on a regular basis like the first time I did it I had redness all over it was burning like it was so uncomfortable. Other people um, can have heartburn, acid reflex, upset stomach, um, all of these sort of things on the first time maybe the third time, maybe a couple of weeks in, I have people that have come to me with medically verifiable documents from their doctor stating that because of their long-term use of ingesting those essential oils in their water and smoothies and other ways, that they've actually damaged their kidneys and liver. So even if you don't have that obvious sign of redness or irritation or sensation right away, it's still affecting your kidneys and liver. Even when you are adding a couple of drops to the carrier oil, like everything we consume has somewhat of an effect on our kidneys and liver. A lot of things, hopefully, if we're eating properly, aren't affecting our kidneys and liver in a negative way. But essential oils, because they're so concentrated, they can put a burden on our liver. And so that is something to be really aware of. Like if you're saying, well, I've been doing it and I don't have any heartburn and I don't have any issues. You may not notice until you get to the point where you have ulcers in your esophagus or stomach, and then you're having pain when you're eating and you go to the doctor and they're like, yeah, you have ulcers, what have you been doing? At that point you realize, oh my goodness, it's probably the essential oils that are highly concentrated that are damaging my skin. And at that point, it's really hard to heal from that. There are things you can do to try to reverse that. Um, But the best thing to do is to prevent that from happening in the first place. So yes, ingesting, and these are even essential oils that really don't have safety issues. It's because of the concentration Mm -hmm. that it's causing these issues. And then when you add to the fact that you may be choosing essential oils like cinnamon uh, leaf or cinnamon bark or clove that are blood thinning and that need to be diluted a lot and you are consuming those, then you have extra issues layered to just the normal, these are highly concentrated and causing problems. Mm -hmm. And then if you are ingesting essential oils like fennel or nutmeg or basil, you have, it's potentially carcinogenic. So then you have that layer of potential issues as well, rather than just having redness and irritation. So yeah, there can be a lot of things that can happen that can be permanently damaging when you choose to ingest essential oils. So I recommend
0: don't do it. Yeah. Are there any benefits? Like, is it a risk versus benefits type thing or is it almost always unsafe and it's just that false information is being put out there?
1: it is a risk versus benefit thing. So I shared the example of the lavender essential right. oil, a drop or two in the carrier, in a capsule, mm-hmm. um, that was worth any sort of risk from the lavender. And mm-hmm. that again, has been studied a length of time. So the benefit versus risk for that was, it's heavy on the benefit. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't do that with clove, wouldn't do that with fennel, wouldn't do right. that with you know other essential oils, but, for the most part, yeah. Just like with anything, it's risk versus benefit with anything in life, right. right? Not just essential oils, but yeah. For the most part, it's going to be way riskier to consume than it is to just avoid.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't have to be the go-to like first. Th- it shouldn't be the first thing that you try. <laughs> exactly, you be ingesting it. Um right. I had a chat with a dietitian recently, um, and for anyone that is interested and hasn't listened. That was a great episode that I had with uh, registered dietitian, Lauren Sauer. But anyway, we were chatting about the fact that doctors are great at what they specialize in, um, but don't get much like specific in-depth training and in nutrition, if any. Right. And so while we were, um, you know, we go to someone thinking that they know enough about something to be able to educate us on and keep us health and safe. It may not be their specialty. Um, They might not have gotten enough training in that. And so I bring that in here to kind of make that connection with these online companies and multi-level marketing businesses that have people selling things that are usually not certified and, you know, don't have much training in the safety of it all. Um, do you agree?
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, I've shared this information in the past where, you know, somebody will, will come up with, well, my doctor says this and they're not trained in aromatherapy. Mm -hmm. Like aromatherapy is not something your doctor has included in their training. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chiropractors, same thing. Uh, Veterinarians, like I will get people say, well, my vet says this is okay. Yeah. But are they trained in essential oils too? Because there is a big difference, like they need to go outside of their certification for being a doctor, chiropractor, vet, whatever it is, and get that additional information. So, yeah, it's very important that just because somebody is a doctor or has letters after their name, doesn't mean they know everything about everything so yeah that is a great point to bring up
0: um you share that you provide brand free essential oil education meaning that you don't sell oils you're not working right. with any specific brands right right um, i can assume that you're not like knocking any MLM like type oil brands, but it's just that you want people to make sure that they're educating themselves before buying and using. In the same, if they were to just go to a health and wellness store,
1: right? Absolutely. Um, and that was a decision that was very unique. I think it is a very unique decision. I think really anybody in the industry is associated with a brand, and I wanted that to make me stand out so people know, like, hey, I'm learning this information. This applies to the essential oil, the safety is specific to the essential oil, regardless of the brand. So right. if, if people were coming to me and they learned I sold a specific brand, they'd be like, well, you're just saying that because you, you sell mm-hmm. a specific brand. And you see yeah. that a lot. So that is something that I think people appreciate is I'm not pitching a brand. You can use whatever brand you want. There are some that I personally prefer to use, personally prefer to avoid. But the reality is the safety safety is safety regardless of brand.
0: Um, Since there are often misconceptions about using essential oils, what are some common myths? um, What are some things that you see people are doing that they don't realize are unsafe or could be dangerous? Obviously we talked about ingesting, um, but is there anything else? Yeah.
1: um, So one common thing is really inhaling too long, like running your diffuser 24 Um, seven, that can cause a lot of problems, just like if we were eating all day long, if we were drinking water all day long, like, those are great things, but they need to be done, you know, it within reason. And so for diffusing, I see people running their diffusers a lot, and then you know, maybe somebody in their family is all of a sudden sneezing a lot or has a headache and it's from the overexposure of those essential oils. So my recommendation is to diffuse for 10 minutes on and 20 minutes off to have that intermittent setting on your diffuser so that you aren't overexposed. Because what you want to do is you want your body to respond to that essential oil and do something with it. So if we are inhaling, something energizing, like maybe lemon essential oil, and it, it makes us feel energetic and boosts our energy. If, if we're going to be exposed to it for too long, it's actually going to have a negative effect potentially. So we mm-hmm. want that exposure, we want to take a break from that, and then we can reintroduce that. So that would be, um, that's a pretty common thing that people are doing is they're diffusing 24 seven. Mm-hmm. Another thing that people are doing that they just don't realize is they're not diluting their essential oils before applying them to their skin. And again, we referenced this in the beginning, like the essential oil bottle generally doesn't have that information on it, um, like how much to dilute or that you should even dilute, but because essential oils are so concentrated, a little goes a long way. So my rule of thumb that I recommend for people is a 1% dilution is one drop of essential oil in one teaspoon of carrier oil is your 1% dilution. And that's a good baseline. Um, Diluting your essential oils and what that exact percentage is really depends on what the need is. Something like acne will probably need a 1% dilution where muscle aches and pain will maybe need a 10% dilution. But diluting just in general is a great habit to get into. Um, and then again, fine tuning that depending on the need. But those are, you know, with the, you know, we already talked about adding essential oils to your water is a big one for ingesting, um, diffusing twenty four seven. Is another one, and then again, thirdly, not diluting first before applying to their skin.
0: Um, You mentioned like muscle aches. I know that people have mentioned um, like in bath water to soak. Is that a thing? Um, It's a thing. People do it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I recommend it
1: as the best
0: way, and that's
1: that's the other key that I I try to teach people inside of my club is not just knowing what is the best essential oil, but also knowing. Mm -hmm. What's the best way to use it? So for muscle aches, peppermint is a great one to use for muscle aches. It does have a 5.4% topical max. So you're not going to want to go to 10 with peppermint, but you can add other essential oils to it. That's really not one you want in your bath. Like that is very strong. Mm -hmm. Um, We have sensitive parts in our bath that we don't want exposed to peppermint essential oil. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing with a bath, just with any essential oil is Oil and water doesn't mix. So if you are adding essential oils to your bath, they're going to float on the surface. They're going to hit Mm -hmm. your skin in full concentration. So when I do recommend um, a, a way to use essential oils in your bath, maybe for relaxation, something like maybe geranium essential oil. I know people either love it or hate it, but lavender, sweet orange, something that may be relaxing. You wanna add it to a carrier oil first and then mix it in some Epsom salts. And that will help dilute the essential oil. It'll help disperse that essential oil into the water better so that if it, if it is floating on the surface, it's floating in a carrier oil and it's not going to hurt your skin. But for muscle ache specifically, you do want to dilute and apply directly to your skin, not while you're in a bath. That's really probably not going to get much of it on your actual muscle ache. But yeah, mm-hmm. Epsom salts are great. For muscles too. Um, so there's other options than essential oils as far as tools go for for healing
0: properties. Right. Maybe you can just do a regular bath soak and just have yes. some um a lavender diffusing or something in the other room. Right.
1: And then when you get out, you can apply that that
0: muscle blend that you've
1: made yeah.
0: to your skin directly on where that muscle is sore. Another thing that I thought of is steamer mops um that you can mop and it's just water that steams, and some people can put um, or do put essential oils on the mop head, is that something that's safe to do? If it's a, if it's an oil that's safe to use? Right. So that's the key is, is it an oil that's safe for anybody that's
1: around while you're steam mopping to be exposed Mm to? So don't use essential oils, not safe for yourself. If you know, say you're pregnant, don't use something like myrrh. Um, Say your kids are around, don't use something like eucalyptus. Mm -hmm. But Um, Yeah, if it's not in the basin, because I know a lot of the basins are plastic, and there's soft plastic parts in there. So Mm -hmm. if you are adding essential oils inside of the basin, it could break down some of those plastics. But like you said, the actual mop head should be okay. Um, So as long as it's not damaging to your floors, like if you have, you know, a floor that might be harmed by those essential oils Um, you know, if it's really a shiny floor, you probably don't want to use essential oils because it could dull that shine just from the concentration of the essential oil. But yeah, I mean that is potentially a way that you could use essential oils to help make your home
0: smell good as you're cleaning. Cool. Those are just some uh some things that that popped up in my mind. Yeah. Um but let's back up a little bit. Sure. Um if there's so many factors that come into play when um to, you know to be able to use essential oil safely, why are they used at all? Because there are benefits.
1: The key though is just the lack of education. The key is yeah. there are a billion I think a $7 billion business last year, going to be a $21 billion next year, like they're everywhere, like they're super popular. So pushing them out there for people to buy has become the priority for these marketing departments Mm -hmm. and the education, it's like, it's not being kept up with. I think there's a lack of resources when it comes to safe usage. That a lot of people feel like like I did in the beginning, like I guess I have to get certified. Like I'm just a mom and I just want to not harm my children. Mm -hmm. But the only way that I feel like I can get reliable information is to get certified. So that's why I do what I do to help the average mom, to help the average person not need that certification, but still keep their families safe. So yeah, it really needs to be more education out there about how to safely use them.
0: You mentioned like a wide range of applications, um, like the anxiety or the muscle aches. Can you share specific ways that people can incorporate them into their lives for overall well-being? Yeah, so muscle aches, yeah, peppermint essential oil
1: is a great one at a 5% dilution. Um, For anxiety, you can use a tool called a personal inhaler. And what it is, is just just a cotton wick that's housed in um, either a plastic container or aluminum and glass container and it kind of looks like lipstick container and you just pop the lid off and inhale so that's Mm -hmm. a really great way to use essential oils really for if you want to use essential oils for yourself but like you don't want to expose your children to something like eucalyptus or peppermint it's a really safe way to keep that those essential oils in your personal space without having to diffuse but diffusing Mm -hmm. something like geranium clary sage bergamot, sweet orange, like those are really great ones for anxiety. So you can use that personal inhaler for anxiety. You can use that for focus. You can use that for um, PMS emotional type cranky symptoms, topical applications for yeah, muscle aches, acne, bug bites. Um, There's just a lot of ways to use essential oils and most essential oils are safe, just dilute them, just diffuse intermittently. You know, there's just a few basic things to, to note that in general that you can keep
0: your family safe and not be scared of using them. For anyone that does want to use essential oils or already is, whether it's for, for mood, for healing or cleaning, what are the main points that we should be mindful of to know that they're safe for our individual homes? Um, because like we said, everybody, our family needs, like if we have kids or animals, or if someone's on a medication or has health concerns, we are all different and essential oils are not a of uh, one size fits all right um so what's kind of like a checklist that someone could go through um when choosing an oil to know how to use it and, and make sure it's safe for them yeah that's a great question
1: um there are quite a few essential oils that are safe for everybody um that don't have interactions with medication um so there are some essential oils that i do kind of recommend generally mm-hmm. Or, you know, these sort of questions. Um, But I do work with people, of course, individually as well, like, okay, well, what essential oils do you have? And then from there, you know, advise them on what specific essential oils that they can use for that issue based on what they have, because essential Mm -hmm. oils can be used for different things. But make sure the essential oil is safe for the person using, make sure that you are using it. In the proper way. Uh, for, and first of all, make sure that essential oil is the key to what the health issue is that you are yeah. looking to solve. So if you're just deciding randomly to use myrrh for a muscle ache, you may not get a great result. So make sure you are choosing the correct essential oil for the issue, that it is safe for you, that you are diluting accordingly or maybe inhaling appropriately, and make sure that the frequency is, you know, appropriate for the situation. Um, So know the essential oil to use, and then the application method, how frequently to actually use that essential oil. So those are like the basic things to really think about. And I think a lot of people don't, they just kind of, oh, this is a blend for this issue and not realize it includes essential oils that number one, aren't even for that issue. So it's Mm -hmm. not even going to be very effective. Or number two has safety issues. So Don't rely on blends that are pre-made, like do a little bit of education, like take a beat and just take a breath and select one or two or three at the most essential oils that are good for that situation and try those. So just really start slow and start
0: small. I remember that you've also mentioned um, about not only where, what you're using and how you're diffusing it or, or a roller or whatever but mm-hmm. also where you're placing it like you said like if if this body part's hurting putting it on this part right. um, isn't really going to do anything can you talk a little <laughs> bit on that because I don't really know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but I know you know what I mean <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely so you will hear put it on the feet like no matter what it yeah. is on your feet or put it on the spine like again no matter what it is put it on the spine and it's like well if my elbow is sprained, I'm going to put the essential oil on my elbow. If I have a bug bite on my knee, I'm going to put the essential oil on my knee. So, you know, I'm not really sure where all of that started from exactly, Mm -hmm. um, why everybody wanted, you know, put it on the feet. I suspect potentially that the marketing departments were aware that essential oils were concentrated and then maybe knowing that the thickest skin on your body is the soles of your feet to maybe sort of lessen chances of irritation or sensitivity and adverse reactions you're like well let's just tell everybody to put it on their feet so there's less chance of that happening um i'm not really sure like i'm just totally guessing but you will hear people say well your um you know your pores are the largest on the bottom of your feet so they'll absorb but they're actually sweat glands they they're not pores so mm-hmm. that is actually the last place you want to put something unless again you have a foot issue um and then with the spine like yeah there's nerve endings to the spine but that that's just that's not going to be helpful like if you have anxiety um i know there's like ADHD or focus sort of blends that are recommended to apply to the spine it's like why don't you just breathe them in like that's going to be way more effective so yeah knowing the correct way to use them is also a good idea but again unless you have a spine situation your bug bites all up and down your spine or if you have you know something on your feet like those aren't the default places to put things put the essential oils on the place that's in pain that just only makes sense again unless it's an um an emotional issue then you want to inhale it
0: right and as far as the emotional thing I think that my well my very first um encounter I guess with essential oils was actually as a teenager and I was babysitting and um the parents told me okay when you put the kids to bed rub a little lavender oil on their feet right. and they were like babies. Um, and so that was the first introduction, I guess, to essential oils. And then I went to school at Aveda Institute of Cosmetology, which is a cosmetology school kind of more towards the more natural Um, products and stuff so we had a lot of essential oils around and the products used um, it was just it smelled like a wellness store and and spa Um, so we had a lot of essential oil like rollers and they would give us like peppermint rollers to like rub on our wrists or our temples is that when we're saying like roll things or put things where it's needed do you think in that mental space of like your temples and your wrists is that more of like you would perfume like they're just saying to put it where you would like normally smell it most I guess is maybe while they're recommending that um so for most
1: issues right so I do think you do see a lot of Here's a roller for this situation. That's really Mm -hmm. an emotional situation and it's not going to be as effective. And Mm -hmm. I think potentially the reason these marketing departments push that is you are using more of the product when you are using a personal inhaler and you're adding the 15 drops of essential oil to Mm -hmm. that inhaler. You can use that for several months. Whereas if you're using a roller, you are going through several drops of essential oil um you know every couple of days if you're using it every day um mm-hmm. sometimes you see recipes out there that they're not even diluted at all even though they're in a roller so you're using several drops per application oh wow so the risk that you have with using things topically for a situation where it's really not a skin issue or an under the skin issue like mm-hmm. with a muscle ache is you are opening yourself up to the risk of topical skin irritation where yeah. that's not necessary and of course, you are using more essential oils and it's costing you more money. Um, so in the case of peppermint, a lot of people don't realize that topical max of 5.4%, and they're using it at full concentration, and it's setting you up for that irritation and that potential, you know, for issue with having that um be just too strong to inhale. So headaches are a little bit tricky where A lot of times inhalation is going to help with that. Um, Especially if it's, you know, a tension headache or something. Headaches, you know, it could be you're dehydrated. It could be you're stressed out. You know, there's lots of reasons why people get headaches. But say essential oils can be useful in that situation. Inhalation is generally going to be the best way to use it. In some cases, like if you have actual physical throbbing, if there is a physical sensation along with that, Um, of course, headaches feel like they're physical, you can actually apply essential oils to the temples, like you had mentioned. That Mm -hmm. can be a way that you can use essential oils topically in conjunction with the inhalation. But for the most part, things like focus, things like anxiety, things that are emotional, um, nausea, mental fatigue, hot flashes, depression, insomnia, upset stomach, things like that that are more beneficial to be inhaled you are going to get a faster result by simply inhaling those essential oils rather than a topical application. Mm -hmm. So I recommend that I have recipes inside of my club and I recommend, look, if you have digestive upset that just feels a little bit off, inhale those essential oils. But if you have like cramping also, it's okay to topically apply those essential oils. And of course I give instructions for dilution in there as well in conjunction with that inhalation. So some situations you can use both, But I think it's definitely overused that there's a roller solution for all
0: of these issues where inhalation, people are going to get much more effective results with inhalation. That's interesting. That's good to know. Um, On the topic of the rollers and the um, personal inhalers, is that something that you always have to be aware of who's around you? Um, Say if for kids, for instance, I knew like I never wanted to use any peppermint or eucalyptus or anything like that um, while I was breastfeeding and had little ones so I never diffused but I personally just chose to not own any or be around it at all just to be safe but is using a roller or a um or personal inhaler like you said is that still I mean I guess there's risk no matter what but you're saying that there could still it could still be okay if it's something that you've tried everything else and you really feel like you need that that essential oil but yeah. you still have yeah
1: I, I definitely get it like it's it's going to be best to use your personal inhaler mm-hmm. but if it is a situation where you need to apply it topically for whatever reason there are a few guidelines that I do recommend that people go by so typically like if you are going to say you have a bug bite, so you're applying that that lavender and tea tree mixture on the bug bite, and it happens to be under your clothing, mm-hmm. then, you know, you're rolling that on, you are putting clothes on top. If you try to give yourself about 15 to 30 minutes, I know if you have little moms, you, if you have little children, because you're a mommy with little children, you might not have that 15 to 30 minutes of, right, you know, kind of let it dissipate a bit before your kids get close. But just in general, if it's under clothes, if you can try to hold off that exposure just a little bit. That's best. Um, If you have exposed skin, you want to give that a little bit longer. You know, there is a big difference between applying a a 10 or 20% dilution of essential oils for that severe muscle pain, you know, then a 2% dilution or 1% dilution for acne. Like there's gonna be a big difference in that aromatic exposure. So the longer you can kind of give yourself for that essential oil to kind of dissipate and evaporate, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know it's, it's hard when you have young children. If you are using essential oils and wash off products, personal care products, then mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about it so much. Yes, there's a little bit of aroma that does linger, but it's not going to be as strong as a fresh application of something strong, you know, 20% dilution, and then you're right around your children.
0: Right. I think that diffusing is, or it it seems to me like the most common uh, way that people are using them just because yep. the aesthetic and just, you know, that's kind of <laughs> what's, what's cool to do. Um, so when it comes to that, um, I know that there are really nice looking expensive ones, but there are also diffusers on Amazon or at Target. Is there a difference between, um, the type of diffuser that we should be mindful of?
1: Um, A lot of them are made very similarly where they have like the one hour, two hour, 24 hour setting. My mm-hmm. personal favorite, and there's only one company that makes it, is the diffuser that goes on for 10 minutes and off for 20 minutes. Like I recommended that earlier in the podcast here, mm-hmm. that that is a recommended ideal amount for exposure. So my only concern with diffusers that are made available really anywhere is a lot of them have a much longer setting Mm -hmm. so unless you like put a lot less water you know they can be kind of fiddly It, it can be really hard to find a setting that works for you now if you are diffusing in an open area like your living room say you have an open concept and there's a lot of movement Um, You don't have to be as worried about, oh my gosh, I have to diffuse for only 10 minutes and then take a 20 minute break. In some situations in some homes, like you have a window open or if you, you have a fan going or there's lots of room, in that case it can be okay to diffuse for that hour. I would probably recommend less drops. Like my general rule of thumb is about five, maybe 10, depends, but about five drops at that 10 on 20 off setting And that's for, like, a regular room with a closed door, like, in your bedroom when you're sleeping and you have a closed door. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you have an open concept room or if you have your door open or window open, like, you can get away with more drops without having that overexposure. But I think diffusers, as far as visually, it's really up to the person and, and the style that they prefer. Um, but mechanically, a lot of them are pretty much the same where they have, you know, the one hour, two hour, three hour settings.
0: That's good to know. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, them out there. Um, so that's good to know that you don't have to spend a ton of money. Um, but it it is nice that there are those options that will automatically do the shut off and, uh, on and off for you. That's really cool. Um, but I guess in the same way that there are different tiers to diffusers, there's also seems to be a big difference between the oils themselves, Um, there are, you know, many big and small name MLMs and you can also get them online or at the grocery store. What should listeners know when purchasing oils or, um, are the recommendations for obtaining high quality products, um, for those that can invest and those that want to be able to use essential oils, but maybe have a smaller budget.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So within the first year of starting out, so it's been about 11 years now, um, I actually had this question too, like, okay, what about the quality? So it was kind of along those lines of what is the best Mm -hmm. brand. And then after getting my education and I was learning about GCMS reports, I'm like, we literally have no idea what's in these bottles. Like it could be anything. Like we have no idea. Like a lot of, um, at the time I was doing a lot of, um, looking at labels, you know, my kids were little, so that was all like fresh and new to me. And it's like, we can see the ingredients on a box of brownies or whatever that it is. Right. But for essential oils, it's like, Oh, this is peppermint. This is frankincense. This is and we don't actually know what that quality is. So at the time I did third party testing on myrrh essential oil. So I tested two of the very big MLM companies. I'm sure you know what ones those are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also tested a more affordable brand or and a couple of other brands as well. So what came out about the myrrh, which is very expensive, right? It's like 60, $80 for a high quality brand. The or Acacia myrrh was only $15. And that tested just as well as the expensive bottles. So that was the first third party testing that we did. And that was a huge eye opener. And it's like, look, we don't have to spend $80 or $90 for a bottle when we can spend $15 for a bottle. So price isn't always a gauge of quality, Um, really looking at. And actually since we did three third-party testing rounds and since then a lot of companies have come forward to be more transparent in providing the GCMS reports so that we can know really what's in that bottle. Um, During those three rounds, we did find some companies were adulterating. They were adding ethyl vanillin to peppermint essential oil to smell it, to make it smell more like candy, for example. Um, There were lesser qualities. For the most part, I would say overall, like avoid the $5 bottles of frankincense. Like, that is just not very believable. Like, I've been in TJ Maxx, I've been in Marshalls, I've seen the packs of 10 essential oils for $5.99 or whatever it is, and it happens to include things like frankincense. That is not even possible. Like, that is, that would be way below the cost of essential oils. So, And some of those I flipped around and it's already pre-diluted. So that is something to be aware of too, is if Mm -hmm. you see an essential oil that seems really affordable that normally isn't, it may be diluted like with the coconut oil, or it may have lesser kinds of species mixed into it. I've seen this with frankincense a lot. I've seen this with lavender is they'll blend um, lesser, quality species along with the higher quality species to kind of dilute, you know, for their own benefit cost wise, make it more affordable for us, but it's not going to have that same quality. So yeah, I would stay away from, you know, grocery stores sort of brands, except or actually can be in health food stores. And they have been through our third party testing proven to be high quality. Um, so yeah, that that would be one thing. Um, if it says fragrance, like if they're admitting it's a fragrance, like accept that, you know, there's a big difference between a fragrance oil and an essential oil. So do your shopping, like we, you know, shop around. We have a lot of options now. Like there's not just a few brands anymore. There's literally hundreds of companies out there. So we can definitely afford to shop around. My personal thing, as you can probably guess by, you know, the name, using essential oils safely that I have for my, you know, website and group and all that stuff. um, I focus on the safety. So for me personally, I prefer to invest in brands that are upfront with the customer about the safety of that essential oil. You see a lot of companies selling clove and not a lot of them actually tell you that it is a blood thinner. You see a lot of companies selling mer essential oil and they don't tell you it's not safe for pregnancy. Um, even peppermint, like you mentioned, peppermint and eucalyptus aren't safe for kids and it's really hard to find companies that will be like, by the way, these are the types of people and situations where this essential oil is safe and and these are some examples of where it's not safe so that we can maybe choose a different essential oil. So for me, safety and education that is provided on the website and even on the bottle, if
0: possible, is huge and where I decide to spend my money. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, It's important. And unfortunately, there are so many people and websites that are putting out false information or unsafe information. And we kind of have to dig for the truth. And we're just kind of following blindly, but we have to be mindful and make sure we're doing it correctly, just like anything else in life. And like you said, there's these products that um, are marketed towards kids and using peppermint and eucalyptus oils. And um, that was one of the things that came up. My sister had um, her little one was sick and went to a health like a health store and Mm. everything was, you know, looked like that would be. A healthier option. Um, and I don't remember exactly what it was some something for a cold. Um, but it had eucalyptus oil in it. And so I messaged you I was like, I know that I'm pretty sure that this is not right. Um, but why is it you know, why is it saying it's for for babies? Um, yeah. So I know that you have like your website that you have everything just kind of listed of what is safe for little ones, what is not. Um, And so that has been super helpful. Um, all your great resources online. And I definitely want to encourage all the listeners to check those out. So I'll have you share those in a moment. Um, but in general, since we know that um, everyone should go through that checklist and make sure that it's the right oil for them and their home and all that. But in general, can you share kind of like a few go-to oils for main or common uses, or maybe if you can um, share which ones like to avoid if you have kids or animals, or maybe if it, it's easier <laughs> Maybe it's easier to share the ones that are generally safe for the whole family, whatever you think is best.
1: Yeah. So I have kind of a top 10. I'll try to remember them all. And sometimes they change. But um, yeah, so lemon is a big one that is great for cleaning. It's safe for everybody. You don't have to worry about medication interactions with inhalation or anything. So lemon and tea tree both are my dynamic duo when it comes to cleaning And it's, they're safe to use like with your kids, they can clean with them as well. Um, So you can make cleaning sprays and and all sorts of things with them. And they're also safe if your dog is around and, and, you know, breathing and all that stuff, like in the same room, Um, it's safe for dogs as well. And I just want to say that essential oils are not safe for cats. So cats lack the enzyme required to metabolize essential oils. So Mm -hmm. keep your cats out of the room when you are using them. So I just want to throw that out there because we didn't actually talk about that. Um, But lemon and tea tree are great for cleaning. I mentioned geranium earlier. That is really great for a lot of emotional issues. And I know there are people that absolutely hate geranium essential oil, but some people love it and that's fine. It's okay. It's a very polarizing essential oil. Clary sage is very similar in its therapeutic properties and it has a little bit of a different aroma. So that could be a good alternative for emotional issues. Um, Sweet orange is really great for calming. It's not a sedative, but it's a great calming essential oil, just like lavender essential oil, um, just to help make you kind of just feel better um, just about things. So it's really great for things like anxiety. Um, Frankincense is really great for Any sort of um, skin issues like wrinkles or acne or anything where you are concerned with the appearance of skin, it's a very good anti-aging essential oil. And again, that is safe for all ages, doesn't have any interactions or anything. Um, Another good one is bergamot essential oil. That is also good for anxiety, Um, It can be great for, you know, depression issues as well. It can be also good for focus. That one is best inhaled. It does have a very low topical max of 0.4% because it is phototoxic. Um, But its best use is to be inhaled anyway. So add that to your personal inhaler. Um, Another essential oil that I like is... And uh, helichrysum, oh my gosh, that is actually my favorite essential oil. So helichrysum is maybe completely new to your listeners, like you may have been like, what did she just say? Um, but it's amazing for things like bruises, bumps. Um, if you have kids in your house that are very active, and they're, they're getting cuts and bumps and all of this stuff that is a great, amazing essential oil to keep on hand for those issues. My son, when he was little, he used to call it heaven a chrysum, because he said it was just so he, he used it a lot. Because again, being a boy, bumps and <laughs> um, it's, it's amazing. Um, I've actually used it a couple of times where I've, I've bumped my knee or something on something, and it started to kind of bump up and swell a little bit. And I've literally like we just run like any situation like that where there's skin trauma, like we literally run for the helichrysum, like ignore the pain, run for the helichrysum, add a couple drops. And you can literally see the pain, like the swell, not the pain. You can see the swelling, like go down literally before your eyes. Where it it, like, it starts to get purple. Like there's going to be a bruise. And then it just, the skin is clears up. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So helichrysum is another one that's safe for everybody that I would recommend. Um, What other one can I mention? Oh yes, so sandalwood, I absolutely love um, as a sedative. So lavender essential oil has its reputation of being great for sleep, but while it's calming, it actually doesn't have sedative therapeutic properties. So both sandalwood and cedarwood are actually sedative. So they're going to be way more effective for getting your kids to sleep, helping you with that insomnia or whatever, any sort of sleep issues, those two are going to be amazing for that. I love adding some sweet orange and even some vanilla um, essential oil to that as well. And that can be a really great sleep combo. So those, those are some ideas for essential oils that are safe for everybody. You don't have to worry about them being blood thinning or having interactions with medications or you know they're safe if you're pregnant they're safe around children and all of that so those those are my favorite ones to recommend
0: that's awesome thank you so much so much good information and as always i'm so thankful for it um, you've helped my family so much through the years, really. And I know this episode will help so many more. There's so much more that we didn't even get into, I'm sure, but you have um, <laughs> your website and your group and everything. Please share um, with the listeners um, how they can continue learning from you. Sure. So you
1: can just go to my website. It's leahjacobson.com. And I actually recently revamped it to make it really easy for everybody to find things. So right now I'm, I've i been sharing a lot of free information on my website about how to get started, like things to look for. And it's funny because you actually asked a few questions of you know, different lessons that I have for free, different classes on there, like what are okay. essential oils and how are they made and do they last forever and what makes them go bad? So there's a bunch of classes over there that are free. Um, You can find my books and my resource library there as well. But get started with the free classes. They're a lot of fun. Um, There's podcast versions of them if you like to listen. There's YouTube videos if you like visual stuff. And you can also read the information right on the website as well. And you don't even have to log in. So leahjacobson.com is the best place to go for that.
0: Amazing. I highly, highly recommend you check out those for those that do use essential oils, or if you're interested in continuing to learn, or even if you don't use them in your own home, it's important to know because you could be like me and walk into someone else's home or a spa or a store that's diffusing and knowing what's unsafe for you and your family members to be around or what reactions could be. It's really just safe and could Save a life to be honest. Um, but like I said, I've been a part of the Using Essential Oil Safely Facebook group for around eight years now. Um, and my favorite part of the group is that, um, it's not like most groups that we're a part of, that (laughs) it's very different, yeah, (laughs) that you just join and ask a question or scroll and you just get a bunch of information from people, like random information that's wrong. Um, so Leah's group that you can go in and you're directed to a specific answer. So, you know, that you're hearing directly from someone that is certified and has spent all these years doing this, not just a random person that says, Oh, I've been doing this for a while and nothing happened to me, (laughs) you know, so definitely do that. Um, Please follow Leah, check out her resources. If you've enjoyed this chat, please subscribe, share the episode on your socials, and you can tag us at Hippie Kristen and at Using EOS Safely. And I'll have all of Leah's information tagged in the description. Um, thank you so much again, Leah. I really have appreciated your time. You are very welcome. And I just want to
1: add something. Like if you yes. see here
0: is now freaked out, like they've been doing it wrong,
1: yes. just take a deep breath. Like just pause on the essential oils a bit until you can learn more about them um if you've been over diffusing like exposing yourself to fresh air will clear that right up like if you've been using essential oils without concentration just start diluting like we know better and then we can do better so just relax it's okay it's not our fault like we've been presented with a lot of usage recommendations that really aren't safe and it's not our fault but now that we know better we can do better so i just wanted to encourage everyone to that it's okay, you can start learning today
0: how to use them safely. Absolutely, nothing to be scared of. You can definitely use them. Just want to make sure that yes. we're being mindful. Yes. Um, so, thank you so much again, and I will chat with you all soon. You're welcome. Sounds Bye. good. Babe.
1: Bye. Bye.